black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? The week has been good because I've only worked two days this week. And then last night, I went to celebrate with one of my sorority sisters. My line sister came in town to celebrate her 40th birthday. And we spent it doing this Afrobeats ride around the city. So it's like a third ward slash downtown Houston Afrobeats bicycle ride. And so everybody's biking around the city with these like reflectors on their wheels and stuff like that. Super cool. It was super fun. That sounds So I think fun. we biked for like three and a half miles, I think. Yeah, it was cool. And then we went to get something to eat uh, at like a little uh, black owned sort of loungy place on the rooftop. It was cool. It was super cool. That sounds like so much fun. It was. And it's funny because I was like thinking, she wants to do what for her 40th? You know, like what? We about to ride bicycles? And then I was like, okay, well, maybe she should talk about like one of those party bicycles. You know, like it's not really a bicycle, but you like, you have like wine and it's like this oh, yeah. bus looking thing. Yeah, I know that exactly everybody has about. pedals. Yeah, I thought it was going to be something like that. But no, you got to pull up. You got to get your own bike, you know, like adjust the seat height, you know. <laughs> And you had to. Make I was like, uh, okay. I got a smaller bike. Okay. It wasn't like a twin inch bike, but it was like you know. I said twin inch because that's what we say in Louisiana. Twin. I inch. knew what you meant. Twenty inch. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't one of those bikes, but um, you know, it was a normal biking bike, outdoor biking bike, and it had reflectors. Mine had like little lights on the front so I could adjust my lights and they flashed. It was super cool. I loved it. I thought we were going to be doing something, but it was like really chill. So it was like a super slow bike ride around the city. And then we stopped at like some bar and everybody got like daiquiris or I got a rum punch. And then you like stay there and chill for like 35 minutes. And then you got back on the bike and then you continue your tour. And it was like loud music and there were people directing traffic as we like went through the city. It was fun. I'll definitely do it again. I love it. You get to do something that's healthy, keep you alive longer on your birthday, and then you get to get food and drinks. That sounds like an amazing time. Yeah, but it showed me that I'm I am old. Like we got home maybe like 10:30, 10:45. I crashed. Like I went straight to bed. It was yeah. It's okay. Rest is much needed. That doesn't mean that you're Listen. old. <laughs> old here. How did, oh, how did you manage to only go to work two days this week? How did that happen? 
Because I was off for the AMA conference until Tuesday. So I went back on Wednesday. I worked Wednesday and Thursday and this was not my Friday to work and I wasn't on call. So I was off Friday and I've been off the weekend. Now, now, mind you, it's been a busy weekend. So Friday I was off, but I had to volunteer with the Junior League of Houston. Listen, people think that we volunteer with our sororities. And listen, I've been an AKA for a really long time. Don't try to come for me because you're like, I can't believe Nicole said AKs don't do that. I'm not saying that the AKs don't do anything. I love my organization and we do a whole bunch, okay? But when we serve the community, we're planning events. We're planning events and we're doing stuff. We might do a yard cleanup, stuff like that. Junior League, honey, you are serving. You are the help for the day. <laughs> like we were busting tables and like doing place settings and like there was an event that was there that day. So I was serving to the left side and picking up the plate from the right side yes. and refilling drinks. And do you want coffee, decaf or regular? I mean, it was like real work. And my feet honestly still hurt from Friday. <laughs> so I was with them Friday. I had a training on um, Saturday. And then I also had sorority meeting Saturday. And then after that, I had to get dressed and meet to do the bike ride for my long sister's birthday. So it's been like boom, boom, boom. It's just like so much during the weekend. And now it's Sunday and we're recording and you guys will hear us Thursday. Yeah. But see, Nicole, that's why you're tired. Not because you're old. So let's back that back. You're not old. You're just tired because you were busy and that's fair. You're always so positive. So (laughs) yes, I am not the old chick in the club. I was busy. But what I did learn, um, because she was celebrating her 40th. So a lot of people go through a lot of emotions when they turn 40, right? And they're like, oh my God, like I am like halfway through with my life. And so people feel some kind of way about it. So what I learned is that I'm just going to embrace when I turn 40. So I turned 39 this Christmas and I'm just going to celebrate like a whole countdown to 40. Like I'm going to celebrate every day starting the 26th. (laughs) I'm going to count down my 40th birthday. I don't want to go into 40 thinking, oh my God, I'm 40. Like I'm over the hill. I am going to go down like watch out 40. I'm coming. I'm coming in hot into 40. I'm not mad at it. Just saying. I'm not mad at it. Yes, you you turned 39 a few months before me, and I'm here for it. Like, the people who are like, oh, my God, I'm about to be 40. Like, here's the thing. Honestly, let's be honest. If someone had to guess our age, they're not likely to guess 40, okay? So, in my mind, I'm just as old as I feel, and I don't feel old. So, we might as well just not tell people how old we are. That's how I feel. Now, I'm going to tell people how old I am. So people are like, oh, my God, you're what? (laughs) I want to shock people like, yes, guess how old I am. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a thing. That'd be me. That is a thing. I'm excited for 40. I'm just going to tell you because at 40, it's official. You're grown. Okay. You're officially grown. You're out of your thirties. You're out of the phase of trying to figure out what it is that you like to do. You're out of all of that. You're out of your stupid twenties where you just did anything because you were just, you know, flying by the seat of your pants through life. You know, 40 is like stable, stable. That's like, I got this, you know, I figured some things out. Yeah, that's true. And then I can't wait to see so I can retire. So we're going we gonna to skip over 50, I'm, the 40, and then I want to be 60 so I can be like. <laughs> 40, and then I want to be 41. I ain't skipping no years between 40, 50, 60, uh-uh. 60, no, girl. 60, you're retiring because you're about to slow down. There's some things you can't do. I'm not about to speed it up. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. 
No, we're not going by, we're not counting by 20s after 40. No, because then the next next goal will be 80. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, maybe I'll just make a goal to retire at like 41 because that's what I'm looking forward to. After, after 40, I'm looking forward to retirement. Some people retire at 40 or 45. So like one of the queens, one of the former Miss Avia Queens, she's retired, but she's only in her mid 40s. She re- she's retired. So she she used to be a pharmacist. Now she's no longer a pharmacist. She's retired and she just does like consulting. That's what she does. Must be nice. Must be, right? <laughs> I wish. She she also does not have any kids and she's not married. So she can do that kind of stuff. But Oh, okay. Yeah, I have like little ones to put through college. So that's not really an option for me. But yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. So, Janine, what did you do this week? So my friend Nina came down from Philadelphia. So I got a chance to see her. And it's really funny because I told Ken, I was like, oh, we're going to go to dinner And so I didn't say where we were going to go to dinner. So I let Nina pick and I told Ken maybe like five minutes before I was like, hey, where would you like to go to dinner? What she was going to pick because it's our like favorite seafood restaurant. And I knew she was going to pick it. I text her and less than a second later, she texts back. She was like, girl, you know, I want to go to Jimmy's. And I was like. Of course you do. I literally just told Ken that that's where we would be going. So we got to hang out. Like we hadn't seen each other in a while, like especially during the pandemic, but a while. So that was super fun. I got to see my friend Nina and, you know, the work was crazy this week because of all the stuff that was happening, you know, between Young Dolph and Zach Stacy and the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and Faith and CBJ, like, The media was booming this week, okay? It was like, you know, our group text at work was, I think I was talking to you mid-group text and I was like, hey, on a call, gotta call you back because it was just one thing after the other just was happening this week. So super busy. And then, yeah, like I think that I've, I feel like I've been going through life with roller skates on the last few weeks. So I really can't wait until we get to Thanksgiving so that I could just, I'm not looking forward to the food. I mean, not that I'm not going to enjoy the food, but I'm not looking forward to the food. What I'm looking forward to is a chance to take a nap, just like rest. Cause I don't think that I've had more than four hours of sleep a night in probably the last month. So I really am looking forward to like some time that I can just close my eyes and not have to think about what emails are flying through my inbox or, you know, what needs to be taken care of. I can just take some time and enjoy some really good shut eye. That's what I'm looking forward to. And if I have some really good greens on the side, I'm not going to be mad at that either. So, you know, looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. The greens on the side say hallelujah to the greens coming up. Okay, all I want the people like, oh, turkey. And no, I want cornbread dressing and greens. That's all I want on my plate. That's all I want. Yes. You are a girl after my own heart because people in this hype of this turkey. Can we just be honest for a second? Turkey is mad dry. I don't care Mm -hmm. how you fix it. I don't care. You can fry the turkey. You can tell me, oh, I have a secret recipe. Everybody says that. Everybody says that. And every time that I eat turkey, I'm like, why am I wasting these calories on this turkey? Because I do not like turkey that much. Like, I really do not like turkey that much. The only turkey that I must say that I really do like is like the I don't I don't want to say it's like processed, but I feel like it is processed. That honey turkey from Honey Baked Ham, that turkey be popping. But regular turkey, like the turkey that you with the bones still in it that you put in the oven or put in the deep fryer or whatever you do to your turkey you brine it or whatever y'all do to your turkey 
I don't like it. That's what I'm saying. I don't like it. Well, I will say this. Some people's turkey is really good, right? Like it's, it is a little bit juicy, but it never lasts the next day. So when you warm it back up, turkey to me doesn't reheat, but it is lean. So it's not like you're wasting a whole bunch of calories eating turkey because it's, I mean, it's pretty lean meat, but it's the reheat for me. Mm. Like you can't reheat it. Like people are like, oh, I want to make a turkey sandwich. Why would you put that on a piece of bread? <clears throat> Ham? Ham sandwich? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Turkey on a sandwich? No. It's just no, no. dry. It's just dry mm-hmm. bread and dry meat. It's just dry. Yeah, you have to add a whole bunch of like toppings to that. To <laughs> add some condiments, a whole bunch of mayonnaise or something to make it taste good on a sandwich anyway. But. You know what does taste good though? And don't give don't look at me like I have five heads, but tofurkey, it's really really good. It's it's very good. And everybody who has ever been like, oh, tofurkey, like you're being ridiculous. No, nobody want to eat. Turkey's already bad. Don't nobody want to eat fake turkey. Give it a chance. It's very, very good. It's very good. I've had it every year for the past, what, like three, four years. It's very good. And it's not dry. And it's reheatable. And it comes in a little like turkey log. Well, what looks like a turkey log. It's delicious, especially when you don't like turkey. Just saying. What is tur? What what is that? Tofurkey. It's like um, it's like vegan turkey for Thanksgiving. It's very good. You should try. Uh, okay. It. It's very. I'm telling uh, you. You make that face. I'm telling you. It's very very good. I will. Matter of fact, I know everybody hates Thanksgiving pictures. You know, everybody eating the same thing, right? Everybody hates those pictures. But I will post a picture. If I showed it to you, you would be like, oh, that looks good. And if you tried it, you would be like, let me have some more. Just saying. It's very, very good, especially when you season it up and cook it right. It's very delicious. I'm not eating no vegan. Uh, Shout out to the vegans, but I'm not eating y'all stuff. Like, let me tell you, if I'm going to eat something that's supposed to taste like meat, I'm just going to eat the meat. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just going to eat the meat. Um, Now I have heard it was it turducken, which is like turkey, duck, and I forget what other meat is in it. Uh, Chicken. Is it chicken? It's turkey, duck, and chicken. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's never dry. I don't really eat that. So I'm, you know, sitting over here. I'm usually the girl with the vegetables on her plate. So unless... You should probably go vegan. You should go vegan. No, I'm pescatarian. So I'll eat like fish and stuff, but like turkey? Mm. And then, you know, the, the crazy part is during Thanksgiving, I'll try some stuff. Like I'll be like, well, let me just try this. Every time I'm like, Jenny, why'd you do this? Because, you know, after you don't eat turkey and chicken and all of that for a long time, once you do eat it, it feels like someone is strangling your insides. But, you know, mm-hmm. look, I am a big fish person. My Aunt Beverly usually fixes, uh, you know, some sort of amazing salmon with me in mind, of course. And it's great. I have vegetables and some salmon and some tofurkey and I'm good. Like, I literally enjoy I've always been the sides person, though. Like, even before I stopped eating chicken and and stuff, I have always been the sides person. So I'm good. I enjoy a good, like, sectioned off plate so that all of my food doesn't touch. And my food, I I enjoy that. I don't need all of, I don't need to try a little bit of everything. That's not me. But I enjoy a sectioned off plate with some greens, some stuffing, uh, maybe a little bit of fish, maybe a little bit of tofurkey. Maybe a little bit of uh, cranberry sauce. And I think that I'm pretty good after that. I think I'm good. Greens and the cornbread dressing. That's <laughs> it. And the baked mac and cheese. So if the if the mac and cheese has like crawfish in it or like lump crab meat, even freaking better. 
Mm. Uh, the lobster mac and cheese. Oh my god! Well, you know, I don't so mac good. And you don't. Yeah, you don't know. You don't understand what you're missing. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I don't mean. I'm the the resident fixer of the mac and cheese. It's just like the cornbread, right? Like they they would love for me to fix it because they enjoy it. But I'm not the one that's going to eat it. That's just you know. I have a weird like palate. You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right, Jenny. So what's on your timeline this week? So I don't know if you remember, but last week I mentioned about me going to Philadelphia and visiting the first stop of Will Smith's book tour of his self-titled autobiography. And I will say again, if you have not gotten the book, found your way to one of his book tour stops, listened to one of his interviews about this book, you are doing yourself a disservice. Please, please, please. Even if you have to just go online and look at one of his interviews, go and check this book out. It's a, it's a thing. This week, I wanted to revisit this. The particular story that I wanted to revisit is a story that's been circulating now on social media, and it's the story of Will, Jada, and Tupac. Okay, so remember I told you that he did not mention Jada during the the book tour stop. So it's very interesting because now that this portion of the book has been circulating, I kind of, I feel like I feel like I know why now, right? So Will and Jada have been on our timeline before. We discussed them when Jada had a little tryst with August Alsina, and it became public. I believe that was like sometime last year. And then Will went on to the Red Table Talk and we got that crying meme out where they show his face crying and everybody used the meme for everything. It was kind of funny, but the truth from the Red Table Talk that came out was some serious stuff. And the couple talked about the rumors about their open marriage and Jada admitted that she had a romantic entanglement with August Alsina and Will also admitted that both of them have engaged in sexual relationships outside of their marriage. This time, Will addresses the quote-unquote platonic friendship that Jada had with the late rapper Tupac Shakur. In his memoir... Will opens up about his jealousy about Jada and Tupac's friendship. He said that he felt tortured by the connection that they had early in he and Jada's relationship. So Jada and Tupac's relationship goes back to the 80s when the two of them met at the Baltimore School of for the Arts. And they remained pretty much inseparable until Tupac went to prison in 1995. Jada maintains that her relationship with Pac was completely platonic, but based on the chemistry that we've seen or we saw back then and the pictures and the way that she talks about him, it's understandable why some have a hard time believing that they only had a platonic relationship. Will says he believes Jada, he believes that their relationship was platonic, and he says that you know, he had a problem with their relationship because, and and I quote, he was Pac and I was me. And though he did believe that they had a platonic relationship, their love for each other, Will says, was legendary. So I feel like he felt like he couldn't compete with Pac. Like I felt like, I feel like he felt like Pac was this unattainable goal for him. So Will goes on to say that Pac had a fearless passion that made him feel insecure. He drew a comparison between Pac and his younger brother who stood up against his father who was abusive to his mother. Will said that sometimes he felt cowardly in comparison to both of them, in comparison to his brother because he couldn't stand up to his father and in comparison to Tupac because he, Tupac gave Jada this like light that he wasn't able to give her. So 
Will said that he felt inadequate and that's that's really big. That's a really big confession to make, especially when you're making it about a man who is best friends with your wife. So Will says that he yearned for Jada to look at him the way that she looked at Pac. So the cowardly feeling, he said, began to subside when Will and Jada's relationship began to progress. And Jada started giving Will more time and attention than she was giving to Pac. Will said that he felt a twisted sort of victory when this happened. And it seemed... Like the mere fact that Jada was paying him some attention kind of boosted his confidence. And I guess that feeling of like that cowardly, inadequate feeling kind of went away. Will said that, you know, he essentially told himself if Jada chose him over Pac, there was no way that he could be a coward. Which, I mean, that's a little odd that the validation came like that. But look, that's how it worked out for him. And he said that he's rarely in life in all of the years of his life, felt as validated as he did when Jada chose him over Pac. So even though Jada picked Will, Will admits that he and Pac were in the same space numerous times. And Jada even encouraged them to meet one another. Jada said that they're very similar in the ways that they are. But Will admitted that he was too immature to ever be able to have a conversation with Tupac. He said that he couldn't handle it. And even though Jada felt like they would have formed a very, a very good bond, he said that he just wasn't in that space. And he believes that the way that Jada loved Tupac made him incapable of forming a friendship with Tupac. Will has since admitted that that's one of his biggest regrets, not being able to be man enough to navigate the relationship that Jada had with Pac, but he said that he just couldn't do it. So in 1996, just two years after Will and Jada met, Tupac was brutally murdered in the streets of Las Vegas, and Will and Jada were married the following year in their New Year's Eve wedding. It seems that Will has since worked through some of his issues with Pac and through their like marriage because, you know, their marriage has been under a lot of scrutiny. So it seems that he's worked through that. And this book, I think, kind of will give people a a little bit more light into some of the things, some of the other things that they had to work through. But it seems that they've worked through that. And, you know, they continue to work on their marriage and the expectations that they have of one another. So I think that Will has gotten over his... uh his jealousy of Tupac and they they're moving on. What you think, Nicole? So I, let me preface this by saying I have read some of the book. I have the audio book. And so I've been listening to it in the car. I mean, it is a good, it's, it's definitely a great book, right? I mean, he narrates the book, which makes it even better. So you can feel every word that he's saying um, in terms of this jealousy, because that's what it was. It was jealousy. Um, for Tupac. One, that was before you married this woman. So my thing is, you can feel some kind of way about who I'm friends with and who I'm not friends with, but we ain't married. So you step out of line too far, we may not ever get married. So that's one. Um, Number two is obvious jealousy. If they're both saying that there was nothing going on, all you can do is trust it, right? You're not married to this woman at this point. You can walk away if you don't feel comfortable. But at that time, you know, she was Jada. You know, she was on on a high and he was Tupac and he was at his prime too. So you got these two people at their prime and I can 
completely understand how Will Smith probably was not only a little jealous, but probably a little insecure as well. I mean, you have this person who's saying whatever they want to say, they're in the media, they're, you know, doing their thing. And here you are, you know, talking about summer, summer, summertime, you know, and you're like the more smooth, low-key, wholesome rapper. I mean, and Will Smith, I mean, he had some hits, but we forget that he was a rapper too, you know, because now he is the Will Smith, you know, he's more well known for his acting than, and motivational speeches, honestly, than we know him for rapping, right? I mean, after getting jiggy with it, that was it, right? That was it. And so we forget that he started off being a rapper and Jada was with him when he was up and coming, not who he was today, which is why for me in my eyes, Jada gets a lot more props than, you know, than she than she does now because he's Will Smith now. We know why you're sticking it out now. And Jada still is doing her thing even now, but he's Will Smith. Before, he was not the Will Smith. He was summertime Will Smith, right? He which was, is on a different level. He was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Correct. And when you're comparing that to Tupac, who is legendary by himself. He's talking about the relationship between Jada and Pac or legendary. It's legendary now. We know about it now, but we ain't know about it then. We know about that. If you ran in their circles, you might've known about that. If you were like from Baltimore, you may have known about that. But us down here in the South, we know about that. Right. It's legendary now. So it's Tupac and how big he is, or he was, he still is, that made that legendary. So, I mean, Will was a little bit insecure, but you know what? Listen, you, you gotta, you, you jealous of somebody that's been deceased now for how many years? Like, you still dealing with them demons? Come on now. Jealousy is, is a, a hell of a demon. That should have ended when the man passed away. Like, why are we still talking about this? You were that jealous? We still talking about this? Well, it's really interesting because I feel like we, and by we, I mean the, you know, the people who are not involved, the fans, I guess, kind of fuel this, this jealousy still. Because recently, you know, one of the recent Red Table Talk episodes with Jada and Gwyneth Paltrow, they were talking about, you know, how to maintain like your sex life after you've been married for a long time. And, you know, it had it really had nothing to do with it was, a you know, it was a typical Red Table talk. It wasn't about the book. It wasn't about anything like this. And the crazy part is when the episode was released and they were Jada was talking about, you know, how long she and Will had been married and what they do to maintain their sex life. And she even went on Twitter to say, hey, we don't have any problems. We're just having a conversation, like a healthy dialogue about some ways that you can maintain a healthy sex life after you've been married for a long time. And guess what was trending after the episode dropped? Tupac Shakur. And he was not even mentioned in the Red Table Talk. But people just associate Jada's sex life with Tupac. So when the episode dropped, Tupac became trending. It's the craziest thing. So I think that we kind of fuel this insecurity. And let's be honest. You know, you and I both know that when your wife, meaning not our wives, but we are wives. So when we have male friends that have been there our husbands question what is your relationship like with this person and they question it because they know this the mindset of men and he probably was like yeah and I mean he says that he believes that they had a platonic relationship but you not about to sit here and tell me that he didn't question in his mind whether they had slept together or not right because he's Tupac he can get any woman he wants right exactly 
So that's why. But you have to trust and believe your spouse or trust and believe who you're with. And if you don't believe it, why did you marry her? Thank you. I agree. Because y'all were single at that time. But, you know, men, they have that like in the back of their head. Like, let me just let me just think. Let me. And they'll second guess themselves because we would, too. Let's be honest. If our husbands had a close female friend that was like, well, she just been here for forever. The first thing you can be like is, well, did you sleep with her? Have you ever slept with her? But is it is it even if he has slept with her, right? Mm -hmm. If they're now completely platonic friends, can you not have a friend that you have? had relations with James and I personally have gone through that. I mean, I mean, he has friends that are women and he's been friends with them forever. And I have to say, okay, well, if this is your friend, I'm okay with it. Or I'm not okay with this. But for the most part, we have allowed ourselves to keep the same friends. Like I know he has female friends. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely. I feel like you should be able to have female friends, but I don't know about the, you are able to maintain a friendship with someone that you had previously slept with. I don't know how I feel about that personally. I think that it's okay. Now, let me me preface. I don't have any people that I consider friends that I've had any relations with. Right. Period. Okay. So my husband, don't have to worry about that. But for, for me and mine, as long as that female friend understands her role now, and as long as my husband communicates with me what's going on. I really don't have a problem with it. Now, are you taking trips with your female friend that you used to have relationship with without me? No. Are you taking trips with any female friend without me? No. You make you make and go to dinner with them. You make him like if you're in a group, you can hang out with them, but you're not taking any overnight trips with any female friend. That would just be to me out of line unless I'm there. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. At this point, like I always feel like if you go and cheat, you go and cheat. Regardless, it could be your friend That's true. that you slept with or the friend that you didn't sleep with or a new a new chick that you ain't never met before. Because if you're going to cheat, it's going to happen. That's just what's going to happen. That's true. And that's why for me, I'm not like, oh, you know, did you sleep with her? Did you not sleep with her? You can't be her friend. I mean, because you can meet somebody brand new that's intriguing that gives you another perspective. And now this person has crossed the line versus the person that, you know, the old friend, you ain't gonna cross the line with her. You been there, done that. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. That is a very good point. But I still want to know if you just slept with this girl or not. Because look, now I, I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Because but- I don't want to walk into a room and there be a secret or, a, or an elephant in the room and I'm the only one that doesn't know that. Yeah. That's not okay. And yeah. then if for whatever reason I feel uncomfortable with the relationship that you have with them, it's done. I don't care how long y'all have been friends. When when Janine, as the wife, feels uncomfortable, your relationship is done. Y'all could have been friends since you came out the womb. If I don't care who it is, you're done. Friendship over. I feel that. Well, Janine, you know our listeners are all over this. Mm-hmm. All over. Yeah. Apparently, this is something so, that they deal with a lot. <laughs> right. So uh, let's talk through some situations from our listeners, why don't we? Let's do it. All right. So our first letter says, Nicole and Janine, my husband has a friend he grew up with and they went to the same middle school and high school for health sciences. They later went on to the same college. My husband is a physician and she's a pharmacist at the same hospital. So they sometimes even eat lunch together. She's recently divorced. So she has confided in my husband during the process, often calling or texting him to get his perspective. She's always been nice and seen supportive of our marriage, but 
I never felt comfortable with their relationship. He says they've never dated or had a sexual relationship, but I find myself uneasy with how close they are. We've been married now for six years and she's been there for all the milestones, anniversary parties, my daughter's birthdays, including mine, but I still can't allow myself to get close to her. I told my husband a while back that I didn't want him to be as close with her as he is, but he said... She is my only female friend. I'm not going to stop being her friend for no reason. He added that he doesn't police my friendships, but I feel like his friendships with her is different. I have several male and female friends, but none of my male friends are my best friend. Ladies, I know you understand where I'm coming from. How can I make my husband understand my perspective? Sincerely, a concerned wife named Delisha. Mm, Okay, so (laughs) let me go back. I'm torn with this letter and I'm torn because I have best friends. And if my husband asked me to stop talking to my best friends, I think that I would let my husband go because in my mind, and this is just me and I could be dead wrong. And I might talk myself out of this by the time I finish this comment. But in my mind, my friends have been there from the beginning. And should you not work, they will be there when you're long gone. So why should I have to give up my friendships because you feel uncomfortable? But then as a wife, if I feel uncomfortable, like I just said, I want you out. I don't care what the situation is or how long you all have been friends. I want you gone. So I don't know. It's a double standard. And this is a double standard that benefits the woman in this this case. I say that you sit down and have a conversation with your husband and tell him, No, before you sit down and talk to him, ask yourself why you're uncomfortable with this relationship. Is it some personal insecurity that you have? Is there something that is making you outwardly uncomfortable, something that they're doing? Because if it's something that they are doing that's making you uncomfortable, then address the behavior. Don't eliminate the relationship. But forcing him to eliminate the relationship, I don't know how that's going to be because... I know that I would be resentful of my husband if he made me get rid of my friends. And I feel like if you make your husband get rid of his best friend, he might resent you. I don't don't know. What? I don't know, Nicole. I'm torn in this one because I feel her. If she feels uncomfortable, friend, girlfriend got to go. She got to go. But I don't know that it's going to work out well in your marriage because, yeah, what I think would happen is he's going to say that he doesn't talk to her anymore. And then he's just going to talk to her behind your back. That's what I think is going to happen. So I don't know, girl, you might want to make yourself more available when they're interacting with one another so that you feel more comfortable with what's happening. But I don't know that you can ask him to let go of his best friend. What do you think, Nicole? So a couple of things. One homegirl, Delisha, you got some insecurities. Okay. This girl has been around him since he was 10 they go gone to the same middle school, high school, and college together. They're not going to stop being friends. It's unrealistic to think they're going to stop being friends. He may stop talking to her for a while, but as soon as something life-shattering happens, she's going to call him or vice versa. He's going to call her. And guess what? It's going to be like they never left off, right? So for me... The friends that I think that are are closest to me, I can go a really long time without talking to them. I don't have to talk to them every day. But when I reconnect with them, it's like I've never missed a beat. It's like they know me because they know who I am and they get me and they understand that I'm busy. So you can act like, okay, they're 
going to separate and not be as close. But girl, let five years go by. And then all of a sudden she gets remarried. Guess who's going to be there? He's going to be there. And they're going to reconnect like nothing ever happened and move on about their business. That is what real friends do. Okay. So it's unrealistic to think that he's never, ever going to talk to this girl again. You're lying to yourself if you think that. So what I would do is one, I would check my insecurities and figure out why am I jealous of this person? Okay, is, is it because she's prettier than me? Is it because she's more successful than me? Is it because he talks to her more than he talks to me? Is our relationship as tight as I want it to be? Or is it not as tight? And I'm jealous of their relationship because he's pulling away from me for some reason. Like, why? What is the why there? Okay, because there has to be a reason that you feel jealous because if he was putting you on a pedestal and you felt like y'all's connection were was amazing, then why do you care that he's telling her random stories and spending random time with her? That's leftover time. Now, if he's not spending enough time with you, if he's neglecting his responsibilities and he's not going to the gala with you because he's going to the movies with her, then we got a problem because he's not taking care of his responsibilities with you and your marriage. But if he's taking care of his responsibilities with you and your marriage and you're going to get a Manny Petty and he's meeting her for tea, you can't complain, girl. You can't complain. If he's giving her advice about her divorce or being a listening ear at appropriate times and he's not like he's waking up at 12 in the morning to talk to her, then she's not out of line for asking his perspective. He's being her friend. So I think that you need to literally check yourself and to sit there and say, I ask him to not be as close. What does that even mean? I would have interpreted probably how he did and said, she's my only friend. I'm not going to stop being her friend for no reason. I understand that's not really what you ask. You just said, I don't want you to be as close. But if you say that, you really mean I don't want you to be friends. And he answered appropriately. I'm not going to stop. And I wouldn't stop being friends with my best friend for no reason either. Unless something happened, right? A line was crossed. You know, something else went on, which addresses what you said, Janine, the why, right? The behavior. So what's the behavior that you don't like? So if there's behavior there that you don't like, I would agree to address the behavior, but you're out of line for making him not have female friends, especially when you have male friends. What are you doing? You can't have male friends and then want your husband to not have female friends. Such a double standard. Is it that this is her best, his best friend? You want him to have more casual female friends? Like, think about how that sounds. I have some questions for her because usually when this happens, if there's nothing, if there's nothing that would make you feel like there was impropriety happening there, usually when you do this, it's a little bit of projection. So what's going on with your male friends, girl? What's happening? Yep. Somebody, you know, that, that guilt, right? That guilt. Like what you've been doing that you think is inappropriate or you think, okay, I've done this with my male friends. So there's no way that he can be completely platonic with his female friends. There must be something going on there. Right. Knowing that these people have been playing together since they were in diapers. Right. Almost diapers, 10, breasts still smelling like Similac, right? Right. I mean, 10 years old, like what, what are you doing? Why are you jealous? So I I would think she needs to get over herself. That's my opinion. I agree. And maybe you need to look in the mirror. What's happening with your male friends that makes you feel uncomfortable with your husband's relationship with his female friends? All I'm saying, not pointing any fingers, not blaming the victim if you are a victim. But what I am saying is just let's let's look in the mirror first before we start projecting onto your husband. Janine, what's your letter? Okay, this one says... Nicole and Janine, I have one question. Can you have 
a soulmate that's strictly platonic. I'm asking this because my girlfriend has three friends that she refers to as her soulmates. She says that these three friends are strictly platonic and I have no reason to believe otherwise, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. She's been very open about her relationship with each of them, but she said that they've been here a long time before me and they will be here even if I leave. She does make a point to prioritize me over them, but I'm still not sure how I feel about this situation. Ladies, please give me some of your practical advice because I sure need it. XO Lex. So, you know, Lex, to me, it's very confusing to have three soulmates, like three of them. I think that you can have close relationships and you get one another. And those relationships are your best relationships with your best friends. And if that is what she is coining soulmate, then yeah, I get it. But usually when you think of a soulmate, it's like that one person that gets you, that one person that is always going to be in your life no matter what. And people like say, oh, well, aren't you supposed to be married to your soulmate? Isn't that the supposed to be the person that you're romantically involved with? And I don't really believe that that is the truth. I think that you can be married to somebody and that person be your best friend, uh, that person be the love of your life, but not necessarily like an actual soulmate. And I say that because to me, a soulmate is somebody that like deep gets you, right? They can finish your sentences. They know who you are. They they know the horrible things about you and they get you, right? A husband doesn't necessarily do that or a wife or a spouse doesn't necessarily do that, right? There are things that people keep from their spouses on purpose because they don't want to relive that part of their life. They've changed and they've overcome things. And the person that they're with today reflects who they are, who they want to be. Okay. That person probably makes them a better version of themselves, but your soulmate doesn't necessarily do that. In my opinion, they don't, right? Your soulmate knows all your little nasty stuff you did. They know all the like bad habits you have. They know the new you. They know the old you. They get you. They'll ride or die. Like to me, that's what a soulmate is. And if you are lucky enough to have that as your spouse, great. But I don't think that you have to have that as a spouse. That's just my opinion. I agree. I think that you can have multiple soulmates. I really do believe that. And I think that I started believing that. And this is a very interesting way that I feel like I learned this lesson. I feel like I started believing that after my grandmother passed away, right? My grandmother passed away when I was nine and I felt like my grandfather and my grandmother were soulmates, right? And I didn't really feel like my grandfather should be with anybody else. And then my grandfather got remarried and I felt like my Nana was my grandfather's soulmate. So I feel like you can have more than one soulmate. Having more than one soulmate at the same time, I'm not sure how that works because I've never actually seen it. So I can't really visualize what that would look like, but I feel like it's a thing, right? And I feel like most people's soulmates we kind of think of it as the person that they're with, that they're in a romantic relationship with. But when you really sit back and think about your best friends, those are the people that have a strong soul connection with you, right? Because as you've said, Nicole, like they've seen you through literally everything. They're not getting your representative that makes you want to make you want to marry them. Like that's not what that is. They're getting the like nitty gritty of who you are, right? So I don't think I have a problem with these platonic soulmates that that your girlfriend is saying that she has right and 
there are three of them. So if she has three platonic soulmates, and again, this could be a hundred percent off, but I'm more apt to believe that they actually are platonic because it's not one person that she's focusing this attention on. It's three of them, right? Like, it's not like they, I mean, unless, unless she real wild and freaky, it's not like she's saying, Hey, there's this one person that I need you to just kind of get over. This is, they're my soulmate. This is how it's going to be. She's saying, I got these three people. They're my soulmates. They're going to be here. They know everything about it. You girl, you had better know that they know about y'all sex life. They know everything, right? So now that we know that they're there, you just kind of should probably just try to be friends with them too, because they're, they seem to be a staple in your girlfriend's life. That's just what I'm saying. And you made it a point to say that she makes it a point to prioritize you. So what are you complaining about? That's the question that I have. What are you unclear about? Uh, you asked for our practical advice. The practical part is, girl, you don't answer your own question, right? Yes, you can have soulmates that are strictly platonic. Do you have any reason to believe that these three soulmates that your girlfriend says that she has are not platonic? If you don't, then you've answered your own question. She has strictly platonic soulmate friends, and that's just how she, you know, she chooses to live her life. And I suggest, girl, you be friends with them, too, because if you don't become friends with them, it's very likely that the person who will end up not in this picture is you. Because this four of them, including your girlfriend, three friends and your girlfriend, and there's one of you. So don't go be an outlier acting like something's wrong when I didn't really read anything wrong in this situation. But that's just me. That's just me. I agree. Let's say this because we should have said that to the last person too, like Delisha. You might want to go and have tea or coffee with the best friend. Okay. There's a zero reason that that woman should not be also your friend. Because if she likes you, she is a, a, she is less likely to eventually look at your husband like, oh, that's my soulmate and I'm supposed to be with him, okay? Because she don't want to hurt your feelings if y'all are friends. So it will behoove you to go ahead and befriend her and get over yourself. Like get to know this girl and figure out like, why is she such good friends with my husband? If she's that good of friends with your husband, there has to be something good about her that will likely make you guys get along great. So I would say befriend her as well. Just like this other Lex should befriend uh, all three of those soulmates too. I agree. Friends of the couple. When you get married, everybody's a friend of the couple or they're not friends. Yeah. That's the thing. That is a real thing. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? According to an article published in Social, Psychological, and Personality Science back in August, 68% of romantic couples started out as platonic friends. So I know that we just sat here and encouraged platonic friendships, but remember that 68% of romantic couples did start out as platonic friends. So while we encourage you to have platonic friends keep your eye peeled because if things change and start getting a little steamy then then you maybe should say something but janine that's also the reason that you should probably befriend your mate's friends right because those 68 percent probably had jealous girlfriends or something and people kept asking like have you ever been with her have you ever been with her like why have you never been with her then like tell me the truth and so then they started thinking like why have we never been together Huh, we get along real well. So y'all are pushing these friends together. I am a, I believe that. I agree. I believe that. So go ahead and make friends with your, with your husband or wife or girlfriend, boyfriend's friends. Just saying. Amen. I agree. That's a good point, Nicole. What did you learn new this week? 
So uh, there's a study by EC Levin et al. that said that 51% of Americans are open to the idea of dating someone who is married. Okay. Okay. And that's out of 3,100 respondents. Okay. Can we can we talk about this for a second? There is no such thing as dating someone married. You are just cheating. That's just considered infidelity. It is considered infidelity, but that means that people are like, okay, with you having a wife and me being the other woman, because I don't really want to ever get married, right? I just want to have somebody that I can go to dinner with and go on trips with and somebody I can celebrate Christmas and birthdays with. And that's it. Like there are people that think that way. They don't want to get married and they're okay with that. And there are wives that are okay with their husbands dating other people. Well, are we talking polyamorous relationships or relationship anarchists? Or are we talking like we're just out here, like we're supposed to be monogamous and you out here cheating because that's a different thing yeah those are different and that study did not clarify it just said that they were open to the idea of dating someone married now whether they uh that spouse said like they were in an open marriage or not they did not say but they did say that four to nine percent of american adults do engage in an open relationship Mm mm-hmm I mean, see, I'm more here for that because at least everybody knows what's going on. I'm not here for the like, let's sneak behind our back and be dating somebody who's married. Like if we're all going to be in the same page and we're all agreeing to this, then, you know, kind of like Will and Jada, they, you know, they have their little tryst outside of their relationship, but everybody's on the same page that we not all just going to be monogamous until we close our eyes and be with Jesus. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with one person in the relationship knows and the other person is left in the dark. I'm not yeah, me okay either. Me either. But, you know, this is a survey of, of, of single people, you know, that it's like, I'm open to dating somebody married. Like, that wouldn't be off limits for me. And that's people a, don't think that way. That's problematic. And y'all, people who are single, remember that the same way that you get the person is the exact same way you lose them. So you be open to dating a married person. Don't want to get married yourself one day. Because guess what? When you decide that you want to get married... That karma that you put out there, open to dating married people, somebody going to be open to dating your spouse too. That's Just real. Saying. That is real. All right. Are we ready for the motivational moment? Yes, we are. All right. So the motivational moment says, and these are my words because I feel like I can give a lot of advice about marriage today. And it says, everyone's marriage and or relationship is different. Don't compare your situation to anyone else's. Comparison causes drama. Instead, go with what works for you and your situation. As long as you're safe and you're happy, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. From our families to yours. Happy Thanksgiving. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.